Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and many others. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. Episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send questions, comments, feedback, or guest suggestions to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Today, we're excited to be joined by Dr. Wally Smith, a physician at VCU Health who specializes in the treatment of sickle cell disease. We'll cover his experience, some new treatments, and more. But before all that, welcome to the show, Dr. Smith. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking some time. Um, before we get into the weeds on some new, exciting new developments for sickle cell treatment that I know VCU Health has been involved in, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you went to the University of Alabama School of Medicine, did your internship at University of Alabama Hospital. But what initially drew you to a career in medicine? I did my residency at the University of Tennessee, and I was basically doing what my parents were doing. <laughs> they were teachers, okay. and they were in a little dirt road school in a country town in Alabama trying to help the community out. And that that was my, my goal in life for wanting to be a physician and for wanting to in the end, help patients with sickle cell disease was, uh, I saw a def- deficit in the community of, of orphan patients and decided to get involved with helping them out the way my parents helped out those little country kids. That's cool. You saw a need and you filled it. I like it. Healthcare's constant complexities and distractions can make it difficult to focus on medicine. Covaris can help. Covaris offers medical liability insurance, value-based care risk protection, employer stop-loss insurance, and so much more. You can count on Covaris for protection and services that help you stay free to focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Find out all that Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries. We should mention that you serve as the Florence Neal Cooper Smith Professor of Sickle Cell Disease at VCU, as well as being the Vice Chairman for Research of the Division of General Internal Medicine. You've authored over 100 publications and helped develop two potential compounds for sickle cell disease. We've mentioned sickle cell disease a fair number of times so far on this podcast, so before we go too much further, maybe it'd be helpful for you to give a brief description of the disease for folks who may be unaware before we keep going. Yeah, sickle cell disease is an inherited blood cell disorder. It's a hemoglobin disorder. One little molecule is genetically altered because both parents have the trait. And the patient, as a result, makes hemoglobin that cannot hold on to oxygen. And because it can't do that, the cells don't carry oxygen the way that they should. And the abnormal hemoglobin forms what's sort of like pins and needles inside of the red blood cell and distorts the shape of the cell into these crescent or sickle shapes, but also other weird shapes. It causes pain, anemia, early death, and lots of other complications. And um, until lately, we had no cure for it. Well, that leads us nicely into this next point. 
with that context, I want to talk a little bit about a new sickle cell therapy that's been trialed at VCU recently and just recently received FDA approval. As I understand it, and you can you can correct me or fill in the gaps here, it's a gene therapy that uses a process called peripheral blood stem cell collection, where you isolate and pull out a patient's stem cells and then send them to a lab that specializes in gene modification so they can change the way those cells produce the hemoglobin that you were talking about. Maybe you could provide a little bit more color to that and, and help fill in the gaps for us there. It's even more complicated than what you just said. I can imagine. There's more, <laughs> there's more than one way to manipulate the genes. You could take the abnormal gene and you can add a gene that produces good hemoglobin, or you can try and repair the abnormal gene. And we have gene therapy to do both now, approved by the FDA. So the product made by the company Bluebird Bio is gene ADD addition, whereas the company made by uh, Vertex is gene ED addition, changing things. And that's the one that's famous, CRISPR-Cas9. You've heard that on the radio. First disease in man to have approved therapy using CRISPR-Cas9. And um, that's what's gotten all the attention. This CRISPR-Cas9 can be used to cure other diseases as well. That is fascinating and incredible. It's obviously a, a very new treatment method. Um, we mentioned it just recently got approval from the FDA. And you mentioned before that up until this point, or up until very recently, there was no cure for sickle cell disease. How does this new treatment differ from more traditional treatment methods where maybe you're just managing symptoms? Um, well, I, I told a partial truth. We had a cure for sickle cell disease in the form of autologous stem cell transplantation, taking somebody's stem cells who does not have sickle cell disease and putting them into a patient with sickle cell disease so that the patient starts to make normal hemoglobin in addition to continuing to make their abnormal hemoglobin. But you hope that the normal hemoglobin overtakes the abnormal in quantity so that they stop having symptoms of disease. We've come up with a term transformative therapy to describe all of these treatments because cure really requires that nothing goes wrong for 15 years according to what the federal government is requiring. Hmm. And we have very few people who pass that 15-year mark so far. But if you get your cells from somebody else, you have to go through the same preparation as you do if you get your own cells sent off to the lab like you talked about and modified. So it's not a simple thing. You got to go through chemotherapy. You have to go through a lot of blood modifications. And you then have to be monitored to make sure that what we put into you doesn't do bad things to you. So, for example, if you put somebody else's cells into you, your body may reject those cells, or those cells may reject your body. That's called graft-versus-host disease. So there's a lot of potential complications along the way. And so when somebody signs up to do this, they have to take a year out of their life and then have to submit to coming to the doctor a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds obviously very complex. I wonder if you could talk about, and I know that this is a new treatment um, that we've recently been talking about, but so maybe you don't have the, the body of evidence to support you know, how successful the treatment's going to be. But just in terms of the experience for the patient, how do you feel like this new treatment's going to change that experience for them? When it works, it's great. When there's no graft-versus-host disease, when there's no rejection, 
and when there is no hiccups in the process, the patient stops going to the hospital for painful crises. That's the most common reason for hospitalization is painful events, painful crises, painful enough that they require, you know, narcotics, IV therapy, et cetera. If that stops, that's a huge, huge change in the life of a patient. And so far, that's what these two gene therapies are capable of doing in almost every one that it's been tried in. So when it works, it works quite well. But we're all holding our breath, you know, to see if there are instances where it doesn't work. We did one person at BCU using the gene ADD addition protocol, the Bluebird Bio protocol, and it worked. So that patient is currently kissing our feet and having a wonderful life. <laughs> and, um, you know, we are watching them very closely. They have to keep coming to the doctor, but it's been life-changing for them. That's fantastic. It sounds like, you know, obviously guarded optimism, but it sounds like a home run from, from you and the team at VCU. So congratulations on even just being a part of that. That's fantastic. We're excited. We're very excited. The patient, you can't imagine how excited the patient is. Oh, yeah. You use the word life-changing. I, I think that's probably the only way to describe it. And I bet they would say the same thing. Well, before we let you go, it's tradition on this podcast to ask our guests just a few fun questions to close things out. So we have a list of 10 mystery questions that we'll draw from. So when you're ready, if you give me two numbers between 1 and 10, I'll read you those corresponding questions. Two and seven. Okay, number two. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Okay, so don't don't go with the religious text. Let's see. I'm going to go with um, – I'm, I'm between two movies, okay? Okay. The Preacher's Wife with Denzel and Whitney. This is the story of an angel. My name's Dudley. I'm here in answer to your request. My request? To help? A preacher. <gasps> and his wife. This is Dudley, the Reverend's new assistant. Oh, who sent you exactly? The top man himself. And Sister Act Two with Whoopi. Fantastic. Touchstone Pictures presents the second coming of Sister Mary Clarence. Help us. By becoming a teacher. Who would I teach? What would I teach? Teach music. Hello. <laughs> she's back in the habit again. This time, she's giving a group of holy terrors. I'm going to turn you guys into a choir. <laughs> a lesson they'll never forget. Two great <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> and then a book and an album. The album, probably Songs in the Key of Life. By yeah. Wonder. Yeah, I love it. That'd be up there for uh, me, too. And then the book, I probably would go with uh, Treasure Island, which is a childhood favorite. Love it. Those are those are three slash four fantastic answers. I like it. Okay, and then number seven. This is a classic question. If you could choose one superpower to have or any one skill to instantly master, what would it be and why? And I want to add some context to this. So 
Obviously, the superpower question is classic, timeless. We wanted to mix it up a little bit and add the, any one skill to instantly master if you want to choose that instead. So, like, if you've always wanted to learn how to play the piano or something like that, you could throw that in there. Or you can go with the superpower. Well, I already know how to play the piano. Okay, well, that rules that out. I like it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I'm one of these people that wants to be able to fly. Yeah. I, I would just, I'd like to be able to fly. Yeah, you cannot go wrong with, with flying. That would be great. Well, those are all fantastic answers. And with that, we have come to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. We want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Wally Smith, for joining us today. So, Dr. Smith, thanks so much. It's been a real pleasure. It's been fun.